0: Let's get into this last message of Titus chapter 3. But before we do, let's be reminded that the overall theme of this book is that Paul is writing this letter to this man Titus, who is establishing leadership in all of these churches on the Isle of Crete. And as he's doing this, and as he's growing these churches, he wants these Christians to be challenged and confronted with this truth. He wants them to live in such a way, to live out the message of the gospel in such a way that the way they are living is a way that is attractive and appealing to others around them. That in fact, it goes even beyond that, that it is a compelling lifestyle that literally draws people to God because of the way that they are living their lives. And obviously God wants the same thing true in our lives. So if there is a key verse, to me it's verse 10 of chapter 2 when Paul says, In order to bring credit to the teaching of God our Savior in everything, we are to live in such a way that we evidence and demonstrate the power and work of God in us in an attractive, appealing and compelling way. That's what it means to bring credit to the teaching of God our Savior again in everything. Now tonight, I was sharing on Sunday that as Paul ends this short letter to Titus, he wants to talk at the end here about being fruitful, about being a fruitful Christian and how then we can help other Christians to be fruitful. So before we get into this message in Titus tonight, keep your finger in Titus chapter 3 and go back to the Gospel of John chapter 15. And as you go back there tonight, we're going to start there and we're going to end there. So if you want to mark John 15 in some way in your Bible or on your phone or something, because we're going to come back there at the very end. But I want to start out in John 15 tonight. And I want to look at a couple verses. I want to look at verse 8. And in verse 16, notice Jesus says in John fifteen eight, My Father is honored by this, that you bear much fruit and show that you are my disciples. How is the Father honored? By you and I bearing much fruit. Then verse 16, Jesus said, You did not choose me, but I chose you. And here's what I'm appointing you to do. I'm appointing you in your life and in the church's life to go and bear fruit. Fruit that remains, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. So we see there, back in the teaching of Jesus, how Jesus' goal for His people, for His church, was to be fruitful. And that's exactly where Paul ends this letter to Titus on. He wants us to bear much fruit so that God the Father can be honored and glorified. Now, as I've shared with you before, here's a very important thing, though, that we need to talk about initially. And that is that so often as Christians, we get so caught up in trying to identify the fruit in our lives that we miss sort of the main point and the bigger picture. It's not really, it doesn't need to be our focus of what the fruit is. And here's why. Because the Bible teaches that if we simply stay attached as the branches to the vine, which is Jesus Christ, as we're going to see at the end of this message, then we will be fruitful. Instead of trying to figure out, well, is this being fruitful? Is that being... We don't need to worry about that. We don't need to, again, take up our valuable time trying to think of how am I being fruitful. and what You and I will automatically, organically, naturally be fruitful if we just simply stay in fellowship with Jesus Christ. If we walk with Him every day, if we as the branch stay attached to the vine, Jesus says, you will be fruitful. You don't need to worry about what the fruit looks like. You don't need to worry about, you know, is is this being fruitful? Is that being fruitful? Because whatever you and I are doing in partnership and fellowship with Jesus will bear fruit. Okay. So that's the thing I just need to focus on. I just need to stay attached to Jesus. I just need to stay in fellowship with Him. I just need to walk with Him every day. And I will be fruitful no matter what. Think of Psalm 1, where the psalmist says that if we... Uh, plant ourselves like that tree by the rivers of living water, and Jesus talks about that. I'm gonna give you water that will bubble up inside of you like this perpetual spring, and you'll never be thirsty again. And the psalmist says, When we plant ourselves under that, you know, river where all those roots are just drawing from that, that river that can never run dry and never run out, it says, Whatever we do, we'll prosper. We'll be successful. And we never have to worry about, well, is that river ever going to, you know, run dry? No, it's the river of God. As Jesus said, you'll never be thirsty again. So that's what I want to start out with tonight. That's where Paul's talking about here. In fact, later on, we'll get back to that, but I'll show you where I got this from in verse 14 of chapter 3 of Titus. He says, here's another way that our people can learn to engage in good works to meet pressing needs and so not be what? Unfruitful. I don't want our people on the Isle of Crete to be unfruitful. I don't want our people in Chandler and Gilbert and the East Valley, of I don't want them to be unfruitful. Jesus appointed us to go and bear fruit. Jesus said, my Father is glorified when we bear much fruit. So, how do we be fruitful? You know? In a practical way, yes, it is about staying attached to Jesus Christ, and that's the main way that you and I are fruitful, but there's other ways practically, applicably in our lives that we can make ourselves and put ourselves in a position where we can be fruitful. And the first one is found in verses 9 and 10, but I want to read verses 8 first uh, to lead into it. And the first principle is this. Don't allow unfruitful people to bring us down to their level. That's how you and I can be fruitful and stay fruitful. Don't allow unfruitful people to bring us down to their level. Paul said in Titus 3.8, this saying is trustworthy, reliable, faithful, and I want you to insist on such truths, to affirm it confidently, so that those who have placed their faith in God may be intent on engaging in good works. And we talked about that at the end of the message last week. These things are good and beneficial for all people. Now notice verse 9. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, quarrels, and fights about the law because they are useless and empty. Reject a divisive person in your fellowship. After one or two warnings, you know that such a person is twisted by sin and is conscious of it even himself. Paul is saying here in this passage on being a fruitful Christian that if I want to be a fruitful Christian, I've got to distance myself from the unfruitful crowd because they will drag me down. They will bring me down to their level. And I've got to avoid them. I've got to put distance between me and them. It goes back to the biblical principle. If you want to be wise, the Bible says, then walk with the wise. A companion of fools will suffer harm. So it is very important who our associates are, who our friends are, who who we're close to, who we're allowing to influence our life. And Paul is saying not every person in the body might be a healthy individual for us to be around, especially for long periods of time, because they will, in a sense, start to influence us and drag us down to this level. Now, there's a couple things that I think Paul is, is talking about here, too, that we need to keep in mind when it comes to being fruitful or avoiding unfruitful people. I want to, first of all, talk about the T word, time. The Bible says that we have very limited time on earth. That we need to recognize our life is a vapor. And it goes by very, very quickly. Psalm 90 verse 12 "Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. So there's all this teaching in the Bible about being time conscious and making sure that because our life is so brief, we don't spend our life in things that, at the end of it all, isn't really going to matter. And that's exactly what you see an unfruitful person doing. He's all, or she's all, caught up in foolish controversies, genealogies, quarrels, fights. And notice, Paul says at the end of verse 9, they're useless and empty. They're they're not going to really mean anything. We're arguing and fighting about all these nitpicky things, and, and yet, at the end of the day... What's it really about? Am I really gonna spend my limited time on earth getting caught up in this? And, and this is, this is one of the main differences between a fruitful person and an unfruitful person. An unfruitful person will get caught up in things that really don't matter. A fruitful person will try to stay laser-focused on the things that really matter and not get distracted by the things at the end of the day, at the end of their year, at the end of their life, really has no profit or benefit. And even in Paul's day, there were a lot of Christian brothers and sisters that were more concerned about proving themselves right and being right and being recognized as the smartest Christian in the room And the one who knew more about the Bible than anybody else. And winning more arguments and debates and all of that. They were more concerned about that than anything else. And Paul said, nope, be careful. You don't want to let someone who has that kind of attitude and that kind of temperament begin to influence you and drag you down to their level. There's only so much time in this life. And it has to be spent on the things that really matter. Not the things, as Paul said, that are fights that end up being useless and empty. Profitless. No benefit. Worthless. In fact, at the end of verse 8, he tells us that when we are intent on engaging in good works, he says these things are good. That word literally in the Greek means beautiful. That's a beautiful life. That's that's an attractive life, Paul says. And it provides benefit for all people. It's something that actually brings profit. So Paul here, in one sense, is talking about time. Let me use another T word. And that word is talk. You will notice in verses 8 and 9, another thing that fruitless people or unfruitful people get caught up in is talking a lot and not really doing a lot. They're more interested in talk. Now listen, there's obviously a place for instruction. There's a place for teaching, and there's a place for being taught and all that. We have learned that throughout the New Testament. That's one of the marks of being a disciple. We are learners, and we're supposed to be engaged in learning and, and being teachable and all that. But this is where unfruitful people can go past that limit and can begin to just Be all talk and stand around talking about things when there's things to be done. And that's why James says, faith without works is dead. And we can sit around and we can talk about things till, and we can beat things until we can't beat them anymore, which is what you see happening here. But Paul's trying to say to Titus, there's a world that's lost that needs Jesus. And Christians need spiritual growth desperately. And and we as a church need to get stronger. And, and we need to make an impact in it because we've only got so much time. So let's not sit around and just talk. Let's be doers of the word and not hearers only. And so you see that emphasized here as well. A fruitful Christian will balance the talking that they do with the working and and doing that they do. In a sense, that the healthy balance is I will take in enough teaching and instruction and learning all of that to be the fuel for my doing. Where an unfruitful person is all about just sitting around and talking about things all the time and never really getting up and being engaged and intent on the good works and actually carrying it out and flushing it out in their life. And then the other thing here, the other T word that came to my mind as I thought about these two verses is the word target. And again, it sort of ties in with the whole talk and time. It's notice what is their what is their goal? What is their target? What is their aim of all this? Is it just to make themselves look good and prove themselves right in the fellowship? Because Paul says, that's not good. That's not being fruitful. That ends up being useless and empty. We get that too in verse 10. Notice he says, reject a divisive person. The word divisive means someone who is part of our fellowship, who is more interested in drawing people to follow them rather than to follow Jesus. They're more interested in gathering a group to follow them. And folks, can I tell you, that is still happening today in our Christian communities and in our Christian churches. I've seen it in the first church I pastored at. I saw it at the second church I pastored at. I've seen it here at the Oasis over seven and a half years. There are people that will come into our church and they will seek to draw people to them to get them to follow them. Not so much like Paul, where he says, follow me as I follow Christ, because ultimately, I want you to follow Jesus, not me. No, there are going to be people like this that he talks about who are divisive. They, they literally will start to, to carve out unhealthy divisions in the body because for them, the goal is, I want people to follow me. Not necessarily God. And like I said, we've had people come through the Oasis that have been just like that. In fact, we've even had people leave our church who really, if they were honest, they would have said, I really don't want to leave the Oasis, but I'm leaving because I'm following so-and-so. And And they followed so-and-so out the door to somewhere else. See, we've got to be careful as fruitful Christians That we're ultimately following the Lord and never following another man or another woman. Paul calls those kind of people divisive people in the body. See, God wants us to be able to come together so as Paul says to the Romans, with one mouth and and one voice, we can glorify God together and we can come together and bring unity and have this great throng of all of us in unity, lifting up our voices in worship to God, learning together and growing together because we're all following or supposed to be following the same shepherd, Jesus Christ. That's not their target. Their target is getting people to follow them. And that leads to an unfruitful existence as a follower of Jesus Christ. So, the first principle Paul lays out here is don't get caught up in the ways of the unfruitful, distance yourself. And then, verse 12, the next principle, spend time with fruitful Christians, just the opposite. Don't allow unfruitful people to bring you down to their level, but on the flip side, spend time with fruitful Christians. When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, verse 12, do your best, Titus, to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Notice that Paul was always desiring and wanting to be around fruitful Christians. He desired it in his life. Far from being this lone ranger that was out there on his own, Paul was never, he never desired that. He never wanted that. He always wanted to be around fruitful Christians. He always wanted the fellowship of Christians in his life. You see that in all of his letters. He wasn't trying to do his Christian life on his own. And one of the best ways that you and I can be fruitful and stay fruitful and maintain our fruitfulness is by being around fruitful Christians. You see, iron sharpening iron, you see. If I'm always around unfruitful Christians, it's going to be really hard for me to you know, stay fruitful and be fruitful and not get pretty discouraged pretty quickly. And that's part of why God created the local church. Because He wants us, maybe, you know, maybe in your family, you're the only fruitful Christian. Maybe in your neighborhood, you're the only fruitful, maybe at work, you're the only fruitful Christian. But you can hopefully come to a local church where you have other brothers and sisters in Christ who are desiring the same things you are and who, who are desiring to be more fruitful uh, like Jesus said, and you can begin to hang around them and fellowship with them and rub shoulders with them, and it can be mutually encouraging for both of you. Paul wanted Titus to be with him. Now, one other thing, too, here in this verse that I think is important. I think a fruitful Christian makes sure that they take care of their responsibilities. Unfruitful people will let responsibility go. And notice that Paul's saying, if I'm pulling you, Titus, away from Crete, then I'm going to make sure, if I, that's my responsibility, that I'm sending Artemis and Tychicus over there to take your place. I'm not, I'm not going to leave that void. I'm going to make sure that there's somebody to fill that void. So let's get real practical. If you and I have some area of responsibility in our local church or in our life, and we can't fulfill that responsibility for a time for something, then it should be up to us to get a replacement. It should be up to us to get a replacement. We shouldn't have to always go to our ministry leader or the person in charge unless that's something that they've laid out that they want to be included in that. That's fine too. I'm, I'm not opposed to that. But sometimes maybe if we can't be there or something else it, it shouldn't always have to be the leader's responsibility to make sure that that hole is plugged or that gap is filled. Sometimes that's just up to us to make sure somebody is there because we can't be. And that's being a fruitful Christian. That is accepting the responsibility and making sure that if I'm pulling somebody else out, I'm going to make sure somebody else is in there. And that's exactly what Paul did on the Isle of Crete. The third principle. We need to help and support fruitful Christians with whatever they need to continue to be fruitful. In other words... Part of being fruitful is identifying and finding fruitful Christians already and giving them and equipping them and outfitting them with what they need to continue to do their ministry in a fruitful way. Notice what he says in verse 13. Make every effort. It's the Greek word spudadzo. It means to be diligent, to be earnest, to throw your everything into something. He says make every effort to help. Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way make sure they have what they need. Now again, not what they want, but what they need. One of the blessings in our Christian life is not just seeing our dreams fulfilled that God has given us. But one of the great blessings of being a Christian and being part of the body of Christ is to help other Christians pursue their dreams. To help them reach their goal. To help them do their ministry. See, God gives us a blessing when we help our fellow Christians do their ministry. And be able to fulfill what God has called them to do if they're being fruitful. It's one of the joys of being a Christian. I love what limited time I can to be involved in certain other ministries here in some way and being able to encourage and and try to support and help others who are being fruitful because it's a great blessing to see how they're going after their dreams and how you can help and support and encourage them in that. That's what Paul says. You know that that's a way for us to be fruitful. In other words, we're all tied into this together. And if I'm helping somebody else in their ministry to pursue their dreams and to be fruitful, that actually comes back to be fruit for me too. I hope you all remember that. I'll just use myself as an example. Every life, every life that God somehow chooses to use me to touch in a positive way and bear fruit? Anything that you do to support and help this guy do that, do what God's called me to do, do you realize when you get to heaven, that's going to be part of your fruit and your reward on this life too? If you have prayed for me, you're going to bear that fruit too and and have that harvest if you've helped and supported in some way my ministry, you're going you're gonna to reap rewards from all those lives. Because again, it's never a one-man operation. It's never a one-woman operation. We're all in this together and we're trying to help and support each other. And so any time that you and I as a Christian help and support and encourage and equip and outfit and give our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ the things that they need to thrive in their ministry, we will be a part of that harvest of their ministry one day. That's fruit for us. And that's why he says, you want to be a fruitful Christian? Help other fruitful Christians to continue to be fruitful. Verse 14, the next principle. We need to be committed and devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. Paul says, here's another way that our people can learn to engage in good works, to meet pressing needs, and so not be unfruitful. And the key word there is the word learn. It's the word where we get our word disciple from. He's saying, do you realize we all need to continue to be disciples of Jesus Christ? We never stop learning. We never stop growing. We never stop increasing. We've always got to be that disciple mentality. Because it's that disciple mentality. That, that disciplined, consistent practice of doing the Christian life every day. Gets us fruit and bears fruit. It's the cumulative effect over the long haul of consistency, of being that committed, devoted disciple, learner. Here is another way that our people can learn to engage in good works. And by the way, this word learn is not just learning from experience. It is also learning from being instructed. It's both. It's a balance. Which again goes back to that balance of not just talk or being taught, but also doing. The word learn here means that a disciple will be balanced in the fact that they will learn both from being instructed, but they will also learn by the experience of doing. Both. And that's being a committed, devoted disciple. Two more. Real quickly. Verse 15 Be a loving and relational Christian. Be a loving and relational Christian. Verse 15, everyone with me greets you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Again, it goes back to the whole thing about Paul never saw our Christian existence and being part of the body of Christ as being by ourselves, but being in fellowship with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and doing this together. And the more we love... Remember, at the end of uh, John 15 there, in several places, when Jesus is talking about being fruitful, then what's He go on to say? Because you should love one another. Because you should love one another. Because you should love one another. That's just part of being fruitful. You and I will be fruitful when we truly learn to love each other and be relational to each other and build healthy, strong relationships and bonds bind, with one another so that we can be glued to each other and do this together. It's important. And I love that it takes place here at our church. In fact, I've got to share this with you. I won't say her name because I don't want to embarrass her, but one of the new gals that's been coming to the Oasis for just probably four or five weeks introduced me to her mom on Sunday. And once again, with tears in her eyes, she said, Pastor Jeff, she says I've been a Christian for many, many years. She said, this is the first church I ever felt like I was part of a family. Now, to me, I I loved hearing that, but on one sense, it was like, that's so sad. That is so sad. Not that she's that old, but still, it's like, wow. I'm glad she feels that way here. Thank you for making her and others feel that way. One other one. What a great way to end. Another way to be fruitful and help others be fruitful is remind them to be a grace-centered Christian. To be a grace-centered Christian. How's Paul end this letter? Grace be with you all. Grace. Now go back to the Gospel of John as we close tonight. And here's why that ties right back in to what Jesus says in John 15. Verses 4 and 5. We've already looked at verses 6 or 8 and 16. Grace speaks about recognizing and acknowledging our need. That's one of the concepts of that word grace. That's why the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 4.16 says, let's come confidently unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of what? Need. Need. I I will go to God and ask for grace and be receptive of His grace if I feel I'm in need. If I feel like I got it, that I don't need God or I don't need His grace then obviously I can, I can live life independently. God says, I'll, I won't force my grace on you, but I will give grace to the humble, to those who recognize and acknowledge, I need you, God, and I need your grace. Well, that same thing is true with being a fruitful and and sustaining being a fruitful Christian, it is always recognizing that I need to be grace-centered in the way I live. Meaning, that every moment that I live, Jesus, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Every minute, every moment of the day, I need you. And when we live grace-centered, knowing that we need the Lord, and that we need to continually learn to depend upon Him more and more, we will be fruitful and we will bear much fruit through our dependence. Not our independence, but our dependence on Him. And Jesus emphasizes this in John 15, verses 4 and 5 on this passage about being fruitful when He says these words, and I'll close with these. Remain in Me, and I will remain in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit because apart from me, you can accomplish nothing. That's a description of being a grace-centered Christian where I hold Jesus' hand every day and say, Jesus, I need you. I need to depend upon you.